0: Hello, and welcome to the NLP Highlights Podcast, where we talk about interesting work in natural language processing.
1: This is Matt Gardner and Walid Ammar. We are research scientists at the LN Institute for Artificial Intelligence.
0: Okay, today our guest is Yu Zhao, who is a PhD student at UCLA working with Kai Chang, and she has focused recently on issues of gender bias in natural language processing systems. Ju, welcome to the program. It's nice to have you.
2: Hi, thank you for inviting me here.
0: And today we'll be talking about a recent paper titled Gender Bias in Coreference Resolution, Evaluation and Debiasing Methods. So um, first off for our listeners, can you tell us what coreference resolution is in case they're not familiar with this?
2: Uh, Yeah, so when people write articles, they usually use different ways to mention people, locations, or organizations. Uh, For example, when a journalist talks about the president in the U.S., the sentence may begin with uh, the President Donald Trump, and in the next sentence, he may be referred as uh, the President. And in the later, maybe he just referred using the pronoun he. So, in all these cases, the President Donald Trump or the President or he refers to the same person. So, coreference resolution is a such task to figure out the phrases referring to the same entity in the given text. So it's one of the fundamental steps for a computer to understand an article.
0: Great. And so um, wh- how then does gender bias play into this? All we're trying to do is decide what things refer to which people or, or which noun phrases refer to the same thing. Um, how can this be biased?
2: Yeah, so like the example I gave you above, the coreference resolution system can recognize that the uh, gender pronoun he refers to the president in the sentence. However, when they have some new reports about the Chancellor of Germany, who is a female, the model cannot link the gender pronoun she to the Chancellor. So this is bias we talked in our paper. And also, uh, a concurrent publication by Ben's group at John Hopkins also found the same issue with the co-reference systems.
0: So... Uh, to give a little bit more detail, uh-huh. what you mean is, if I see a gendered pronoun, mm-hmm. the fact that it's gendered is going to affect the way my model behaves.
2: Yeah. So yeah. So like, if you have, for example, the president and the he in the same sentence, so the coreference uh, system can make correct decision that this he refer to the president. If you kind of change he to she and the same context most of the time the co-reference the co- system will fail. It cannot link she to the president. Yeah.
0: And why do, why do you think that happens?
2: Yeah, so it's like the coreference reference system would have a, di- a lot of uh, different hints to make predictions. And sometimes it may use some uh, features from the lexical or from your grammar, but also like the model is uh, there is some bias uh, in in the model, potentially in the model. So when when it compares the different hints, sometimes it get confused by the gender because like your training data set is so biased or some uh, external fuzzy is biased, the model get confused by the gender hint. So it will get confused and make make wrong decisions.
0: So how do you know that the system is actually biased? Like what if your test data also has Um, So uh, presumably, as you said, I see a lot of associations between particular genders and particular nouns like president or secretary or something. Uh, If my test data also has bias, Mm -hmm. how can I actually be sure, like, how do I actually diagnose the bias in my model? What's the metric that I can use to diagnose this?
2: Uh Yeah, so... Uh, we often think about this question like uh, the first experiment we did is like we swap the gender pronoun in the test dataset, and we want to see if there is any difference in the performance. Because like if, uh, if one model is gender neutral, it should perform uh, similar on the sentences with the present he or the present she. So we first did this e- experiment on the benchmark data set by swapping the gender pronouns and we found that uh the the performance on the autono data set in fact is similar so we cannot get uh, we cannot get the conclusion that the model is biased so then we but we do know like there the model is biased because we when we test some uh some specific synthesis, the model performs really differently. So we then come up with our new window bias data dataset. So in this dataset we, we we ignore uh lots of other hints. We just uh, use the gender hints or some uh some grammar rules to test the model to see if the model is still biased in our dataset.
0: So okay great. So before we dig into the window bias data set you introduced, can we uh Talk about the details of this first experiment that you ran? Uh Uh-huh, yeah. So you you said you swapped the gender of pronouns on two notes? Yeah. Does that that work in all cases? Like, say I see um, someone, like I see father, and then I see the pronoun he, and these are labeled as co-referent if I just swap he with she I'm gonna have a hard time right I've like changed the data
2: yeah so like uh before we change the data we first what what we first do is we uh, anonymize the data set because we have like you said the father or we have some names like John or Mary can give a hint to the gender so we first anonymize the data set and then we swap the uh, gender pronoun and also some uh Words with the gender hints like waiter or waitress. We may such swap on the test data set. and we want to see if the performance will, uh, well, the performance of, of the model is very different or not.
0: I I can understand the motivation for doing this with common nouns. Like we don't want, um, for uh, fairness reasons, we don't want certain noun phrases to be associated too highly with with um, with particular genders, mm-hmm. but is that also true of names? Like say, say John, like, do you really want to, like, I, I would think that it would help a co-reference model to be able to associate names, at least clearly, clearly gendered names with gender. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so, so why, why anonymize those?
2: Yes. Uh, we all, uh, we anonymize those names also. We
0: anonymize those. Yeah. And, and I'm wonder and I'm wondering if, if that's really desirable, like if you really should do that or not.
2: I think we should do that because if you don't anonymize the name, then you just swap the gender pronoun because the name is John, we know it's a uh, male, but you put a she in the sentence, it will kind of leave the sentence doesn't make sense. So we want to make our data set kind of uh, good data set, I guess. so we anonymize those names.
0: Yeah, it just like. If I want to actually do this for my training data, it seems like it would hurt the performance of my system if I'm not able to use very obvious cues that, like, aren't unfair to use.
2: Yeah, so, like, our experiment results also show, like, we did this anonymized. We have some drops in our performance. Yeah, it shows in our result table.
1: So the thing that I'm still not sure about is uh, what's the... Like, what was the intention? Like, what's the best case scenario, I guess, out of the experiment? What are we trying to accomplish?
2: If, uh, because we know the data set is biased, we want to see if we swap the gender pronoun, if the model still gets similar performance or very different performance on the new swapped data set.
1: And the assumption is if we get better performance, this means that bias is hurts uh, the bias that exists, the natural bias that exists in the data hurts the overall performance of the core F system. Is that the, like um, the hypothesis?
2: The, the hypothesis is, is, is like we want to find a way to uh, figure out the gender bias in the model. So one way is like if we have a male bias data set and a female bias data set, if the model performs really different on these two data set, It means the model is biased. So it's like it can make correct predictions with he and the president, but it cannot link she to the president. So the performance on these two biased data sets will be very different.
1: And and when you say uh, the performance on the data set, you mean uh, if you change both the train and test, or just the training data, or just the test data?
2: The test data. We we first yeah we just want to evaluate if the the model we have now is biased or not.
1: So when you anonymize, um, when you anonymize all the then the, uh, the reference uh, mm-hmm. that happened before the pronoun, um, the, and you keep the he and she um, pronouns the same, is that right?
2: So it's like we anonymize those common names, and then we swap the gender pronoun from he to she, from she to he, we may slash swap. And then we test the performance on the original test dataset and on this swapped dataset. We want to see if the performance the F1 score of your coreference system is really different on this dataset on these two datasets or not.
1: So the fact that it didn't change that much, uh, I think that's what you're saying. So uh, what does this tell us?
2: So it's like uh, on the benchmark antinote antinote dataset. So there are a lot of uh, hints for the model to make predictions. So, uh, so the, when there are enough hints to make the correct prediction, the model is less less biased to the gender, to the gender hint. So we want to find a, a, a way to see if we can, we can uh, compare the uh, gender hints to to a smaller set of other feature things.
0: So you take onto notes, mm-hmm. which is a co- very common coreference data set. Uh, you anonymize the test data only. You train it as normal, is that right? Or do you do you anonymize the training data also?
2: We, we did several things. Okay. And the first thing, yeah, the first thing is we, okay, so, so let me see in this way. So in our paper, the result part, we trained on the anonymized training data set. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So anonymized training and a test.
0: Okay. And, yeah. and do you swap? So so you say yeah. you anonymize and then you gender swap, including pronouns and like gendered nouns like mother and father. You, yeah. You do yeah. some fancy stuff on Mechanical Turk to, to mine these, and then you swap those two, which is pretty nice. Uh-huh.
2: Um,
0: and so do you also, s- do you swap the training data too. When you test, when you test on the swapped data, or do you keep the training data the same?
2: I keep the training data. So yes.
0: Okay. So, so if, for instance, there's a big a correlation between secretary and she in the training data, then I'm going to have and and I swap the test data, so that I see secretary and he. Uh, if my model gets that wrong, then I'm going to conclude that there's some amount of bias.
2: Yeah. So yeah, so we will see this result from the just from the performance.
0: Okay. Yep. Okay. I think I've got a handle on this experiment so far. So how how what how you said it dropped a little bit. How much did it drop when you did that?
2: Oh, uh, you mean when we do the anonymize? So
0: when you when you test on the gender swapped version uh, on onto notes, what's the performance difference? Oh,
2: uh, so uh, we don't have this uh. Results on file now, but I think the performance is uh, very similar on this OntoNotes test dataset. Yeah, so it's not a very good way to detect the bias in
0: But doesn't doesn't that mean that in a practical use, the model isn't actually that biased? Am I understanding that right? Uh,
2: no, I don't think so. It's like the the overall performance is uh, is good, but it the model can perform really bad on the minor group on the female part. Because we analyzed the data set, we found like in the uh, alternate data set, about uh, over 80% of the person entities are male. So so even though the model performs really bad on the minor groups, the overall performance is still good.
0: But if I've gender swapped them, then now in my swapped version, 80% are female. But I guess you're saying still the the cases where you have an ambiguous decision that would be decided by gender are a very small part of this data set. So you don't really see a big difference.
2: I guess like in the autonomous data set, uh, they have long sentences. They have a lot of other features. So the model can use those features to make kind of uh, pretty good predictions.
0: Okay. Yeah. Cool. And so then what you did next was you created a particular diagnostic data set to, f- like, isolate some particularly problematic cases and see what happens. Yeah. Right. So can you tell us about this data set?
2: Yeah, so... Uh, this data set uh, we created is centered on the uh, people entities referred by the occupations. So uh, we use the labor statistics from the U.S. Department of Labor to associate 40 different occupations with uh, their, stereotyp- uh, their stereotypical gender. So, for example, like in this survey, 90% of nurses are, fi- are men. So we define the stereotypical gender of the nurse is female and with, uh, we then generate sentences by constructing the synthesis like they contain a pair of occupation words with different uh, stereotypical genders and with one gender pronoun so we generate two types of sentences the first type is a prototypical craft style sentence sentence for example like the physician hired a secretary because he was overwhelmed by the clients So in those sentences, if we want to make correct, correct uh, decisions, the model needs some word knowledge. And, And the second type is like the sentence, the physician called the secretary and asked her to cancel the appointment. So in this type, the sentences, the gender pronoun will always refer to the second reference according to the grammar rule. So... The model uh, can use these synthetic rules to make predictions. And for all these sentences, uh, we have two versions of instances. So we call it a pro stereotype version, which means that which mean that the correct uh, referent will refer by the pronoun of the stereotypical gender, like the, uh, the nurse is referred by she. And the other version is called the anti stereotype version, which means that the referent will refer referred by the uh, opposite gender pronoun, like the nurse will refer referred by he. So if a system is gender-neutral, it should achieve similar performance on the pro-stereotypical and anti-stereotypical data set. Um, and also all these coreference reference chain uh, in those sentences are, are clear to people, but ambiguous to the model. So we want to know if the model can use different evidence to make predictions. Well, with these two types, we want to see how the model will leverage different signals. For example, uh, how the gender bias will influence the model. Especially with type 2, they shows that even though the grammar rule should be enough to make the correct, correct decisions, the model still makes mistakes due to the gender bias.
0: Yeah, it's really interesting. I liked how you set up this data set. Uh, it seems like you're pitting three competing influences on the model. One is background knowledge, like how well you understand uh, events in the world, because you're connecting two events and saying that the subject of this event, um, a hiring event, happens because someone was overwhelmed and needed some help. So you, as as you said, you need some background knowledge there. You're you're pitting that against grammar rules and gender bias. And so you're seeing, does the bias overrule, uh, I, you could look at it either way, like, does, does the model know enough about um, background knowledge in order to overcome its gender bias? Does it know enough about grammar to overcome its gender bias? Or is the bias too strong and it overwhelms its knowledge of background knowledge or, yeah. or common sense, whatever you want to call it, um, mm-hmm. and its, its notion of syntax, which is really interesting. And so uh, what what did you find when you evaluated systems on this?
2: Yeah, so we uh, evaluated three different systems. One is a rule-based system, one is a feature-based system, and one is a state-of-the-art end-to-end deep learning-based system. So we found that all these systems show significant gender bias. As we mentioned, if a a system is gender-neutral, it should have similar performance but then we found like the rule-based system is the most biased. The difference on the F1 score, uh, on the pro-stereotypical and anti-stereotypical data set, the largest, around the 40% difference. And the neural network system made the second bias, uh, with a difference around 26%. The feature-based system made the last one with around 10% difference.
0: So just to be super clear about what what these numbers mean that you were talking about, you said a 40% difference. So the way you've set this data set up, um, each pronoun that you're trying to resolve has exactly two possible antecedents. So a random guess here gives you a 50% chance of getting it right. So um, then just to make this like rule, the rule-based system to make this clear on the pro stereotypical data set, it gets 77 or so percent correct.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And
0: on the anti-stereotypical data set, it gets 37% correct. It does much worse than random guessing. Yeah. Because uh, because you've set it up such that when it relies on its biases, uh, it gets it wrong. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, so this difference then, 77 versus 37 is about a 40%, 40% difference, uh, so which means very clearly this this model doesn't rely on grammar or common sense; it relies on its gender bias to make decisions in yes. in difficult cases. Uh, that's a pretty nice demonstration. Uh, what I was particularly surprised because um, you would think a rule-based system would use a syntax tree to figure out the hard syntax constraints on um, matrix verbs, right? So you would you would think it would be able to figure out that this um, sub clause has to share or, or can't share its subject with um, the main clause but it doesn't figure that out like it's 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 the worst biased system in this type two setting that seems really weird to me
2: yeah so like uh, we also think like all the models should have uh, because the grammar rules can can provide enough uh, hint for the model to make predictions but we found like in fact, all the models is confused by the gender hint, so it just ignore the grammar rule. So the model performed really bad, um, also pre- uh, performs bad on type two data sets.
0: Yeah, I'm just surprised. I remember like reading the papers that came out for some of these handwritten systems, and I thought they would have taken into account this syntax rule first, but maybe I'm remembering the sequence of sieves wrong, like in the in the rule-based system, or maybe it's a different paper that I'm remembering that you evaluated. But yeah. Anyway, I just I just found this a surprising result that the rule-based system did so poorly on the the syntax constraint. I I, I thought it would have done better.
2: Yeah, we also found this problem. But yeah, we uh, we didn't do much deep dive into this direction. Yeah.
0: Okay. So I guess to summarize that part, then uh, you created a new data set that tried to balance these three different um, or tried to, to diagnose which of these three factors the model used the most, you found that overwhelmingly, they're using their gender bias instead of relying on common sense or syntax. And so then you introduced a method to fix the gender bias or make it less of an issue. you want to tell us about yeah. how you did that?
2: Yeah, so like, well, there, there can be various sources of bias in the core reference system. In our work, we found like, the bias can come from the dataset it's trained on and some external uh, resources they use. For the dataset bias, we create an anti-bias version of the dataset. Like we said, just swapping all the gender pronouns with opposite gender and as well as other words with gender hint. And we then train the model on the union of the original training dataset and this anti-bias dataset. By doing this, we can reduce a significant amount of bias from all the systems. And for the external resources, we try to neutralize them before using them. Uh, for example, the deep learning based model uses word embeddings. And we conduct the post-processing method proposed by Togo and his colleagues at NIPS uh, 2016 to reduce the bias in the word embeddings. And uh, also, uh, we combine also combine these two uh, methods, try to reduce the bias in our system.
0: And uh, just to give some numbers to how well this worked, looks like you went from about a twenty-six percent difference in the state-of-the-art neural system to not statistically different.
2: Yeah. So yeah. So like, uh, we reduced the the difference from twenty-six to one percent for the neural based system and also for the feature base so we reduced difference from 11 to 2 percent and we did statistical analysis and prove like the difference after our model is no longer significant
0: yeah that that's a nice success result thank you cool um so just to wrap up this discussion i think uh it's really interesting you so we've We've talked just now about how you can find bias in co-reference systems. You had a paper last year about finding similar bias in language and vision kinds of data sets. How, how pervasive is this problem across NLP, do you think?
2: Yeah, so uh, we have uh, evidence to show like several other NLP tasks are biased. For example, the machine translation task. Uh, for example, we want to translate Turkish uh, to English. And Turkish is a gender-neutral language. It will have the same pronoun for male and female. So if you translate a sentence with the doctor in the sentence, uh, the model will translate the pronoun to he, but translate the gender pronoun related to babysitter to she. So we should also handle a gender bias. So we think, uh, and also we think there's another paper talking about the gender bias in uh, SNL dataset but I don't remember clearly the title of the, the, the paper. So we think like the gender bias is kind of uh, widely uh, existing in the NLP tasks, yeah.
0: Do you think there are general methods that can solve it once for all of these problems? Or do we always have to think about this every time we build a, a model on some new system?
2: Yeah, so like we said, there could be uh, different ways for a model to get biased maybe from the dataset or from the resources files, or maybe from the model itself. So like the the method we proposed previously, like the data augmentation or dividing word embeddings, they can work as a gen- generic way to reduce the bias. But also like the model itself, the bias from the model itself, we may be need some specific ways for those different models. So we could have some generic method, but for different models we still need some generic uh, some some specific ways to reduce the bias.
0: Well, great. Thanks. It was really really nice talking to you, JU. Um you've thank done you. some really important work. Uh we really need to be careful about systems that we build. And you've done a great job highlighting problems.
2: So thanks for your work. Yeah, uh, thank you. It was nice talking to you. See ya. I see you.